Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer coming to you live from the metropolis of Livingston, Montana. Now, if you don't know where Livingston, Montana is, where the hell have you been? <laughs> it's like 20 minutes east of Bozeman. Um, and we have had some blustery winds today. And it's been an, an interesting ride. So I'm going to share some pictures. This is kind of like vacation time, okay? So first we had the greatest crew, and they're actually called the greatest moving crew out of Springfield, Oregon. And this is the guys. And they wrapped everything in blankets, everything in my home. They did an awesome job of getting me. There's nothing in that van that can move at all. One inch. I mean, I swear. They put everything in there that they could, and there is not an open space left. <laughs> <anywhere>. Smile. <laughs> and there's the van, the truck. I have never seen people pack so well. And the craziest part after that is there's a 12 foot trailer on the back of that, which I'll show you right here. Um, that's Kathy and me in the beautiful town of Wallace, Idaho. We love Wallace, Idaho. Um, and and we, we try to stop there every time we go to Montana. I wanna show you really quick first of the, the crew picture. This is the crew called the greatest moving crew. If you're looking somebody to take with you, I don't get any specials for this. They just did it, they did a great job. And then when Kathy and I finally crossed the border, there's a sign right there on that overpass that says Montana. Uh, we are now living in Montana in an Airbnb. Um, I could, yeah, oh, yes, I can show you that too. Um, let me, whoops, I got to pull that picture down. You can see this is our little Airbnb where we are. Uh, got a little, little dining room, little kitchen area. I think it's going to come in here and show you my office here for a second. Um, oh, first we got, we got two bedrooms. So one's just full of junk and our stuff. The other's full of us, a little tiny bathroom, <laughs> really tiny compared to what we're used to. And this is my office where I am now broadcasting from and working from. So has a nice little kitchen and everything's done. So I got to tell you, um, Kathy and I drove. Uh, we're taking our stuff. Um, oh, well, let me show you a couple more pictures real fast. This is what we saw when we came in last night into Bozeman and then on through uh, to Livingston. A beautiful sunset, beautiful cloud, and everything was uh pretty cool. At one point in our trip, um, I'm looking for the picture here. I don't think I got it on here. Um, we got stuck in some ice and uh, apparently I've learned what happens is when you take a U-Haul and you get into your park on ice, if it's when, if you wait till the next day and it's cold and frozen, you can just get right out. It's no big deal. But when you're only gone for about an hour, that, that, that you get out there and the tire was just spinning and I've got everything I own in this truck and this in this trailer and I can't move. It's going nowhere. So I go over to this guy. He's a Montanan. And uh, I say, can you pull me out? And he gets his, he just had hip surgery. So he gives me the chains. We put them under the tire. That doesn't work. Finally, he gets his big old truck, hooks a basic rope on there, tugs me out and says, welcome to Montana. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is the whole attitude of Montana. I want to show you a quick little video, too. This is um, the beautiful little town of Wallace, Idaho. And last, the night before last, people have fires, bonfires right out in the middle. Uh, this is called the center of the universe. 
um, and they were having bonfires. If there is an, a, a, a snowmobile person out there, they know about Wallace, Idaho, because that's every place we looked. There were people out there riding snowmobiles and kind of doing their thing. So um, it was it was really exciting. And then so today, tomorrow, Kathy and I go and we're going to have to unload that whole truck full of stuff. And um, so I've got two of my son's friends that I'm going to pay to help me, and then Kathy, and then the lady at the at the um, at the uh, oh, what do you call it? The storage place, Bobby. She says, "Hey, um, if you want some help, go to the little store and ask." So I went into the store. The lady comes up to the counter, and I said, "Told her what's going on." She goes, "Oh, well, Jimmy, my husband, he'll help you. He's really strong." I said, "Well, I'm paying." She goes, "No, that's fine. He'll come help you." So now I have a crew of uh, three big men, uh, myself and my wife, and we're going to unload that truck tomorrow. But that's what still happens in Montana. And if you go to the rural parts of Oregon, uh, you see the same thing. It's people helping people, you know. And one of the interesting things that I wanted to bring up here, too, is we went to the grocery store. There's full checkers. There's no waiting in line like there is in the valley because for some reason people here want to work. Um, and everybody has a job and there's people, you know, that's what they do. And so you have none of this um, waiting around in line to get through because everybody's being part of the economy and part of business. And I'll tell you, there is nothing more thrilling uh, than to see that and to go through. And hello, everybody. Hi, Dale. Uh, yes, Brooke, we did move. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, hey, Rick, I hope your move is smooth. It's smooth so far, as smooth as it can be. Um, we're getting there. <laughs> so we're uh, we're living here for a month today. We went to the, here's another thing we did. We go to the post office and you have to have proof of your address in order to get a post office box to have your mail sent to. So we go into the post office, but we don't have an address because we have the Airbnb, but nothing that shows us we're here. So the only thing we had was a receipt for the Airbnb that had an address on it. And the post, the lady at the post office looks at us and she goes, you know what? I'll take it. If you did that in a big city, they'd never give you the post. They'd never give you the post box. She, they, they just don't. The details don't matter. Matter, and it was just, uh, it was so refreshing and so great. Um, so, what do we have coming up tonight? So, we'll be filling you in and kind of showing you more of that kind of stuff. So, tonight, what do we have? Mark Thielson, uh, the uh, superintendent of the Alsea School District, is in a little bit of hot water. <laughs> Why? Well, because Mark believes that parents and teachers should make their own mind up about whether or not they should wear masks. And, you know, Governor Brown, she doesn't like that. No, 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 no. So he's got some new letters. He's been on all the networks and talking on, on the tubes. And uh, we've had him on our show many times. He also is running for governor, just to be really upfront with you. Um, but when I saw a commentator today say that, um, that Mark is doing this uh, to draw attention to his campaign, <laughs> which, which um, yeah, well, then you need to fire your whole crew because this is not a real good campaign strategy, Mark. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's see. Let's pick that to get the attention I don't need. So we're going to talk with him in a few minutes. Um, and uh, but we got Bill first with the news. And oh, one more thing I want to show you really quickly, okay? In the town of Wallace, there's this little bar called the Fainting Goat Wine Bar and Restaurant. And check this out. This wine machine, you put your card in it, and then you go around and you can pick up six ounce, an eight ounce, or a 12 ounce. Yeah, I'll try it. And you just 
just push your little button here. My glass is on. And, and it's so cool, and it just pours your wine for you. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a great little gimmick. Um, but it was super fun. And the people right there that you met, they live in Washington State, and they're looking to move to Montana as well. Another thing I found, I was at the gas station and talking to this guy, I saw an Oregon license plate, had a car, a little 12-foot trailer, three kids, a dog, and another car. I said, what are you doing? He goes, we're going to Wisconsin. I said, where do you live? He says, Sweet Home Oregon's where we're from, but I need jobs, I need work, and I need security. I'm getting the hell out of here. And he was on his way to Wisconsin. So um, those stories are ringing true for a lot of people. I wrote something the other night, and I think it's really unfortunate um, that Oregon was the destination for the Oregon Trail 150 years ago. And now people that are pioneers, uh, some people who are pioneers are having to leave in order to find their freedom. And others are staying and fighting, and that's what Mark's going to talk about in a little bit. Whoop! Someone from Portland, Oregon is calling me. Well, guess what? You don't get to call during my show. So let's talk to Bill. We'll get the open going and we'll have Bill and then we're going to come back with Mark. So hang on just a second here. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun? that you get to comment on the news. There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London. Hi. You can hear me morning, 6 a.m. to 9 on the Wake Up Call on KPNW, also streaming at kpnw.com. Look at us go. 21st century. So I was looking at Facebook over the weekend, seeing now that Rick has officially left the state of Oregon for the freer confines of Montana, and in the process ended up getting stuck, I guess, in the ice or the snow, and some nice guy in a big pickup truck pulled them out. Rick, um, now that you've moved to Montana, I would suggest that you maybe think about investing in some really cool high-tech technology. Mm-hmm. Just trying to do my part to help out. Okay, here's a look at some of the stories we're following. Well, guess what? Oregon is keeping in place its indoor mask requirement for schools and healthcare settings, as well as its COVID vaccine requirements for school staff and most healthcare workers and they're making it permanent. They filed the papers to make it permanent with the Secretary of State on Friday. So schools, which were under a temporary mandate, now will be under a permanent mandate to keep masks on indoors for all K through 12 schools and continue vaccination requirements for school staff. Now, once again, the OHA claims the permanent designation doesn't mean forever. No, they say only that, quote, it has no built-in expiration date. Kind of sounds permanent to me. That's, isn't that what permanent? OHA says that the permanent rules can be rescinded or canceled if the OHA determines they are no longer necessary. And they say Oregon law gives them the power to do this. Now, before they were just doing temporary mandates every six months as per Oregon law. But they say now they just want to make it permanent because it makes it so much easier. 
Now, the OHA continues to be asked, and they continue to only give vague non-answers as to what metrics they'll use to determine lifting the requirements. All they'll say is, once it's safe and conditions change. Okay, that's what they call really super vague, wishy-washy, and just kind of, shall we say, weasley. So the Oregon Health Authority also says that they will keep the mask mandates in place for healthcare workers and vaccine requirements for healthcare workers. They filed that paperwork today. Now, mind you, this comes after the state's lead health authority heard hours upon hours of testimony last week against the proposal, nobody spoke in favor of it, to make Oregon's indoor mask face rule permanent. So they're going to be doing that in order to keep it in place past its February 8th expiration date. So that's in businesses, uh, grocery stores and the like, where your restaurants, where you're required to wear a mask when you walk in. That, at this point, they have not made a decision on. The Oregon Health Authority will only hopefully say they continue to review public comment. Last week marked 22 months since the pandemic officially began and frustrated Oregonians are pretty much letting leaders know on every level, like for instance at that Oregon Health Authority meeting I told you about where every single person that talked said, let's get rid of all of these rules. Well, Republican lawmakers in Salem say voters should get to say as to where we go from here, especially relating to the COVID-19 state of emergency, which has been in place since March of 2020. Republican State Senator Lynn Finley says the people need to have a say on whether they want to make this change or not. It's not us saying to make the change, it's the people saying to make the change. In the Senate, lawmakers are looking to ban the concept of COVID-19 vaccine passports. Now, in the House, there are two proposed joint resolutions by the Republicans. The first would end the COVID-19 state of emergency. The other would limit the governor's power to declare an emergency or constitute emergency powers to only just 30 days as opposed to, well, ad infinitum. According to Republican Representative Mark Owens, what we're asking our colleagues to support us in is sending it to the people for a vote in the next general election to limit the authority of the governor to declare an emergency declaration. It is certainly not taking the authority away. About the only Democrat that's actually responded to any of this is State Representative Maxine Dexter, and she says, we continue to be in a crisis and our communities still have a responsibility to help us save as many lives as we can. Let's be honest here, the Democrats have a supermajority in both the House and the Senate. This will not make it out of committee. Oregon appears to be near the peak of the Omicron wave of COVID-19, but the state is still in for, well, a little longer before we get there. At this point, Dr. Dean Seidlinger says it appears as though the wave is going to max out as early as possibly tomorrow. Now, according to the numbers, the state's seven-day case average over the last week has fluctuated between a range of about 7,400 to 8,300. And although it's been trending slightly downward each day in the last week, the downward trend, according to Seidlinger, appears to be real. He says once the state crosses the peak, he expects to see case rates drop and then 
A week or two after that, hospitalizations to drop fairly quickly. So Kate Brown's office apparently demanded that the Oregon Department of Corrections find out if an employee revealed the governor's controversial plan to commute the sentences of hundreds of violent juvenile offenders serving time for the most violent crimes last fall. Brown's office finally confirmed that she did have her people order what she characterized as a review into how the Oregonian obtained a copy of her September 28th letter detailing plans to grant clemency to juveniles convicted under Measure 11 crimes. Many who committed these crimes, well, are still in jail. Obviously, they wouldn't be commuted. But these are the most heinous of crimes that were committed by these juveniles. They include murder, torture murder, just torture, pedophilia, rape, and violent assaults. Brown defended the inquiry, though, saying she wanted to ensure that there were not any mistakes made in our policies and practices, and she didn't specify which regulations or policies were violated by the release of a public document. Now, at the time, Brown's plan caught prosecutors, victims, and their families by surprise. About a month later, in early November, Barry Leslie, a deputy chief of staff for the governor and Brown's public safety advisor, Constantine Severe, they all held a press conference call, or not a press conference call, but a conference call with Corrections Director Colette Peters. Leslie told Peters that Brown was angry about the letter's release. That day, Brown left for Glasgow to attend a climate change conference, and Leslie told Peters the governor expected her to produce the name of the person responsible for the letter's release when she returned. The effort appears to have turned up nada. Brown, or at least her spokesperson, told the Oregonian that no one was disciplined. Amber Campbell said the agency engaged in a process review at the governor's request, and she said, quote, the search concluded very clearly the letter was handled just as previous similarly written commutation letters had been handled. She said, we briefed the governor's office that the letter was treated appropriately. To be clear, this document being referenced is a public record. So even if the search concluded that an employee distributed from a DOC server to the Oregonian, we would not and could not discipline that employee. Oops. Well, I found out something really amazing over the weekend. Did you know that Joni Mitchell and Neil Young were still alive? All right, so this all has to do with Neil Young and then Joni Mitchell telling Spotify, either you get rid of Joe Rogan's podcast and the COVID misinformation that he has been broadcasting, or we will pull our music from Spotify. And Spotify said, okay, bye. Now, for the first time, Joe Rogan has commented on the misinformation and Neil Young's Spotify situation. The Joe Rogan Experience host says he does not approve of the term misinformation. But he says now that Spotify is going to put a disclaimer on episodes related to COVID, he's okay with it. 
So Neil and Joni removed their music off of Spotify after giving the streaming platform the ultimatum. And, well, Spotify went with their cash cow, Rogan. And why would they do that? Well, let's see. Joe Rogan releases four to five episodes a week. Each one gets about 11 million viewers per episode. So that's 55 million a week, well over 200 million a month. Neil Young attracts about 6 million listeners a month and Joni Mitchell about 3.7 million. Gee, what, why would they go with Rogan? So Rogan spoke out in a 10-minute Instagram video saying that he was okay, not only with the warnings on COVID shows, but he says, I think there's a lot of people who have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. The podcast, he says, has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. Well, Rogan says, it comes from two specific episodes, one with Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Rogan says both of these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. Rogan continued, I want to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous that they had dangerous misinformation in them. I have a problem with the term misinformation, especially today. And it's that many things that we thought of as misinformation in just a short while ago are now accepted as fact, he said. Like for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now it's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from any social media platforms. Now it's been on the cover of Newsweek. Rogan said he's sorry that Neil Young and Mitchell felt the need to remove their music because he's a fan of Young's. He said, no hard feelings. Like I said, through all of this, I discovered that Young and what's-her-name were still alive. <laughs> oh, it's Joni Mitchell, I know. She had like three hits, you know. <laughs> yeah, which one? All right, with that, gee, I'll see you tomorrow morning. And thank you, by the way, to Dr. Michael Bratlin of Chris Dental for bringing you the news, for bringing us the news, for allowing me to bring you the news, whatever, real, Rick, get real, get Montana real, whatever Montana real is. Do they have a type of real in Montana that differs from Idaho real, Oregon real? What? Well, it's real outside the valley. <clears throat> you get outside of the valley of Oregon, you'll find the same reel. For instance, the U-Haul company in Bozeman today. So they wrapped all of our furniture in these blankets, right? <clears throat> so Kathy and I are sitting there going, oh my God, we have to unload this into a storage thing, take them out of the blankets, and then return the blankets that we're renting. And then we're gonna have to rent them again. So I called and said, how much would it be if we just kept them for a couple of months? <laughs> are you ready for this? $4,200. Yeah. 
So we talked to the lady. She's super nice. This is local. This isn't company wide. This is the local issues. Let me do some calling for you, Rick. So she does some calling for me. She comes back and she goes, okay, how about this? How about if we sell you those 80 blankets for $295 and you can keep them? And I went, you know what? You're sold. So they work with you. And guys, you know what? Honestly, that is really the American spirit. It's not what you're experiencing. It's not what you're experiencing right now. There are real people out here helping you every single day who want to help you. Um, and one of the people that some of the people that are helping me is Albert Taylor, Endless Possibilities. They work with people with disabilities. They have homes where people live. They have places where people live on their own and they have folks go in and help keep them and make sure they do little things for them. Maybe it's just washing the dishes or maybe it's helping them do their bills. If you're looking for a new career, they've already got like, I think, three or four employees from just being on our show because there's people like you out there who want a life that's meaningful. You're tired of doing the crap and you want to do something that really means something to a human being. Well, Albert Taylor can put you there. AlbertTaylor.com is how you find them. Our other sponsor, Buck Sanitary Service. You know what? There's a lot of shit in the world and you got to have some place to put it. <laughs> and Bucks provides just the place to put it. Maybe we could get all of Salem and stick it. Well, 90% of Salem and stick it in a Bucks Sanitary potty or put it in one of their showers and wash it down and hose it down. It might take a day or two to get it clean, but we could try it. And our other sponsor is, of course, Chris Daniel. And uh, Michael's now sponsoring my daily blogs um, that I'm doing and you guys are really responding to. And I really appreciate that. We're going to continue that and we're going to continue to show you Montana, not for the reason of bringing you here. We don't want you to come. <laughs> we want you to stay in Oregon and fight. But some people are called to fight there and some people are called to fight from other places. I am still an Oregonian and I'm going to fight from here. But one of the people who's really fighting is Mark Thielman. Um, I just I didn't even warn you. That was like quick, huh? Yeah. He's, Mark is so busy because he's running for governor. He's running a school district and he's run, he's running into opposition from our governor. And um, so he's constantly working. And I, I appreciate it. I was watching you going, he's getting work done while I'm doing my show. I like mm -hmm. this. So, Mark, you've been on some of the the big time stations out there and uh you got your um you got yourself in a little pickle here and uh, or at least the governor thinks you're in a pickle so if, tell people what you, all you were trying to do is give your students and your teachers the right to either wear a mask or not wear a mask to have their choice and that was just freedom is just not a popular thing with some of the democratic party these days <laughs> no it is not i was Sorry, well, I was I was just getting I just got a, an email from a, a, a lawyer for the Oregon Education Association. Oh, uh, what did they say? I want to know. Well, hang on. I'll have to look it up here because it's buried in all the 10,000. Uh, thank you for what you're doing emails that we've. Given oh, and, and then does it stand out? It has little, little horns and a pitchfork. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and, you know, things go on and on and as uh, as things tend to do. And. Uh, but basically, they're upset because they gave me nine days to respond to their original letter demand. And now we're five days from that, and they're mad that I haven't responded. But they're also mad that I've been talking to my local teachers union and responding to their emails. And um, so we, go ahead. Well, so the comedy of it is, is you know, obviously, um, our union people have concerns. We, we have about 10 teachers in our union out of, you know, 40 some odd teachers. Um, about a little less, maybe around half our teachers uh, in the brick and mortar in the AEA. And so, you know, it's natural. People worry, am I going to lose my license, whatever. And 
So they, they sent me the nasty gram, and uh, I think it was from Morley. Let me put this in here. I got to find it. Uh, so this is the this is the Oregon Education Association, not not your local, or is this the Matt? This is state. Yeah, and it's um, well, again, it's um, uh, it basically what they do is they you know the OEA retains a lawyer firm up in Portland, and so this gal's letting me know all the wrong things I'm saying. I'm saying all these things wrong. For example, now Rick, we're going to test you. Is a statute? I, I, I tend to be a big fan of Joe Rogan, so anything I say yes. so could be construed could be as misleading. Now, Rogan, as a I'm lay a person, not a trained attorney, but as a person who's run for office and lived a public life at least lately, can you tell me that a statute, the difference between a statute and a law? Now, let's throw this out there. Oregon Revised Statute, which is a what? Well, it, it's it's not it's not a law that's for dang sure well a statute is a law but they're saying that a statute isn't a law that a law is the oregon administrative regulation or rule okay it's a law and a rule so you okay now i'm with you I'm, i was taking yeah. it the other way i think was taking it so, so a statute is the law a rule is what they come up with with like what they've done right now with mass regulation mass right a law so the administrative rule, they go through a rulemaking process. Public can say, I think this is a, I don't think this is a good rule or a bad rule because they take the law and then they write rules to say, here's how we're going to implement the law. And the attorney general on an ORS gets involved. But in this case with COVID, it's OHA. So my response to the gal was, uh, and I actually, I, I can find it. Because this is an OHA rule. Yes, there is no. It's never gone statute. to the legislature. There's no anymore. mass mandate statutes. That's my whole point. There's no right. mass mandate law, but there is mass mandate rules because ORS 401 and 403 say that OHA can have emergency regulatory power. So what they're doing is they're saying that, that those laws give us the statute to do what? Whatever we want as long as we declare an emergency. So you create a rule because you say you have an emergency, but you don't ever create a law. Yes. Now, so so what you did was when you did that, that so what the, the, the newsy item of the day is, or at least a couple of days ago, was that the governor or through the um, education department took away all your COVID, your federal COVID funding for your decision to allow teachers and parents to decide whether or not to mask. Yeah, it's my position that that was uh, unprofessional and technically unlawful. And here's why. Or uh, OHA has an obligation, so does the uh, Department of Education, to tell people the truth in real time based on changing science and guidance, especially around Omicron. Lives depend on telling the truth and being nimble and quick. So a couple of things they haven't done, and, and I want the public to understand this. And by the way, I'll be sending out a little uh, response. And I don't know, I may include you, I may not. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I accidentally include you. And here's why. Look, I could, I'm not saying I'm an attorney, and I'm not saying I'm an expert on the law, but I am saying I've been in schools a long time, and I know some stuff. And I know that the CDC came out on January 14th and said that uh, cloth masks have very low, they're, they're, they're the lowest efficacy than paper masks, and then N95 and KN95, which caused the Biden administration to say, we can't send out cloth and paper masks, we're going to send out KN95 or N95s. Right. Now, agency laws allow me to go, hmm, what agency has OHA been quoting in their guidance? Oh, the CDC. So what the CDC is saying is, in the same uh, report, the CDC also said, 
low efficacy of mass and cloth, uh, paper and cloth masks. But they also acknowledge the harm that masking our children has done for two years of masking has had on their education and their social emotional health and well-being. And that's on the CDC. That's on the CDC, January 14th announcement. Now, here's the fun part. My board passed a resolution on the 13th because a little bird told me that this change was coming. What I thought my board would do is take a month to think about it and then pass it in February. And I, because I knew all this stuff was rolling, I just wanted us to be timely because lives depend on it. Right. And we want to have good guidance to people. Now, they've already implemented this in the CDC. The OHA is ignoring it. They're saying, nope, cloth and paper masks have great efficacy, even though Samaritan Health Services says you can't come in the hospital without putting an N95 mask on. Why? Because of the low efficacy of paper and cloth masks. See, but Mark, doesn't it feel like this is what's been going on the whole time? Like, I there's and what people don't understand is there's also it would you know there's the I word um, about one of these medications, but you can't use that. If I use that, I get pulled. And and there's there's so much you know like what Joe Rogan was talking about in that soundbite that they were talking that Bill was talking about is he was saying what what was not was acknowledged as bad or good six months ago to a year ago has now been proven just because of science and time. It's like, no, this, this isn't working. So you, do you think it's kind of also a little bit, um, Oh God, just so phony that um, you're running for governor and you've got the governor of Oregon who wants obviously Tina Kotek to be the winner. Um, and so they're going to do anything to any candidate they can to try to rip them apart. Cause I've seen, I've seen articles about you saying, you know, he's just doing this for attention. He's doing this to, to get people to pay attention to his campaign. You've been doing this from as I've had you on the show like five or six times. You've been doing something like this from the you have been consistent. I know that's the thing, Mark, against you. You're not going to be a very good politician because you're being very, very consistent. And that doesn't line up with how it happens. I'm going to I'm just telling you, I'm warning you. <laughs> well, after watching a whole weekend of trolling going on on Facebook and Instagram and everything else, um, if, if, if this isn't probably the best way to get attention if you're running for governor. However, I'm sticking to my guns because I work for a school board. The school board passed a resolution. They directed me to implement it. We all know what's happened to superintendents that didn't do what their boards told them. Newberg, Adrian, Winston Dillard in particular. Those guys are out of a job. And I like my job and I want to keep on the flip side. The uh, the comedy of it is is I you know, uh, you know when I try to explain people the the playing field as I see it um, you know I want to be real clear I'm not giving legal advice I'm saying if if trying to explain to staff members the difference between a statute slash law or a administrative rule slash regulation that's not giving legal advice that's trying to explain to people how the law and implementation of regulations works. So was, you understand that 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 the OEA and OHA and ODE and this whole progressive uh, group of, of characters, they're very good at splicing the meaning of words into, into little yeah. thin slices. Well, and it's, that's been going on for decades, you know. Yeah, but that's what Joe Rogan's pointing out. What Rogan's saying is, hey, you guys, you got to quit doing this because uh, every three months your splices come out to, to prove you wrong. Right. It's It's nipping you in the bud. Um, mm-hmm. As you come, as you as the evidence comes out and proof happens, and and that's what I think. People, I've had people all day on this Rogan thing writing and saying this is not a freedom of speech issue. Oh, to hell, it's not, and because it, it's not happening to you. You know, they can say whatever they want, and when somebody else comes up, I think that the coolest thing about that is 
that Rogan is so powerful because he has such a huge audience of people and that scares the hell out of them. And with, and with Spotify, I mean, they're making a smart business decision. It's like Joni Mitchell and, and Neil Young, you know, sorry, <laughs> most people don't even know if you're still alive, um, yeah. you know, and, and with him, with Rogan, he's got this big thing. So, so what do you, how much money does your district stand to lose if this federal uh, COVID dollars are taken away? Well, our total easier funds are the, they're the COVID relief funds. I think the total is like 275,000, but I think, uh, I think we've spent some of that already and down, downloaded, you know, pulled it down, but um, whether it's 180 or 275, um, you got to remember the district's grown by 500%. So we have appreciable amounts of liquid cash. Now, the big... Wait, 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 wait. That's going to fly right over people's head. Explain that. I heard what you said, but I want you, I can see people... We've got a couple million dollars in cash. We can afford to not have those, not have access to those funds for the time being. Okay, so wait. So, so you're saying that you guys have managed your district... To a point that you that you don't have to suck up to the governor or the Department of Education, um, you don't have to kiss ass to anybody because you guys have done your job as a board and as a school district and as a superintendent. And so, when you do the right thing and you store away money like that, when the government comes nipping and saying, "Okay, we're going to take this away from you," you can say. Well, yeah, and they're not even taking them away. They're saying we're freezing them. Okay, but we have two more years to spend them. So I have a feeling we'll get this worked out in two years. What do you think? Yeah, more than okay. likely. And so here's, I want people to understand, our, our revenues increased from pre-COVID levels about $10 million a year because we've grown by 500% because we've done very smart, uh, innovative things like create online programs that aren't eight hours of screen time that work for families called Learn at Home Oregon and others. Our, our LCK 12 online and, and our, our options programs and, and other creative things that we've done. So the, the humor of it is, is, you know, we've been doing this during a pandemic while not having any cases traced to the school, uh, at least for the first year, and then managing Delta ahead of the state, creating test to stay before they created test to stay. We called it three to five day isolation and test. And now we got Omicron, which is very different indeed. It's a very different virus. And um, and so so I just worked with the Benton County Health Organization this morning and told them you guys need up your this test to stay is, is actually causing more Omicron spread because the tests aren't sensitive enough. So we got two out of three people uh, coming down with the sniffles. They test it's negative. Uh, then they think it's a cold. They take a day quill. They head to Walmart. They head to the game. They come into town. And guess what? They end up spreading two or three days later. They test positive because their symptoms get a little worse. Their viral load comes up. The test picks it up. And. You know, I can work very well with our awesome Benton County Health Department. They're great. They listen. They they gave feedback. They asked questions. And they said, you know, this this could be good advice. So unlike <laughs> the Oregon Health Authority or Governor Brown, and this is the piece about it is, you know, um, we can't afford to split hairs anymore when people's lives are at risk. And so here's the gist of my response. I'm writing back to Mr. Gill saying, not only are we complying with the mandate, we're the only district in compliance with the latest CDC guidance, which says low efficacy of paper masks and, um, and cloth masks. But we're, the, the resolution said that I had to balance the efficacy of masking with the proven harm that long-term masking has on kids in their education. So I think that means that, in my opinion, 
We're the only district in Oregon in compliance. And here's why. If you have, if you force people to wear masks and then CDC comes out and says, well, they never really worked, which is what they did. And then, but you, the CDC says, and you know, they also have caused these harms. School districts are now liable if they continue to put kids in mass. Okay. I'm just telling you the straight up. So, so I had to, we had to pass that resolution to protect ourselves from liability. So Mark, one of our viewers is writing the schools run by people who are all related. They are, there's bullying and he doesn't reflect everyone's opinion. I just, since it's up there, I want you to be able to say something. Well, the thing is, let's, let's look at this stuff. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people who are upset about the plan. See, they do harm to our children. Well, so does masking. And I'm in the middle of it all. And I have to make decisions as to where to land so that we can have naysayers like the ones that just put comments up here. You know, you know what, Rick, not a hundred percent of people, even in LC like me. So what? Right. And you know what? The vast majority of people seem to support my work. So the thing is, I, but I have to serve a hundred percent of those people. So what we do is we land in a healthy place. If you want to mask, mask. If you don't want to mask, don't mask. But what does it do is if it causes harm, it can't be the school imposing it. It can be the parent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no liability there. So that's what I'm introducing in my response back to um, the Oregon Health Authority and the Oregon Department of Education. Now, I could be wrong about all this. All right. But we'll see. Um, I mean, look at all these comments you're getting. Man, we're working. This is this is great. You're getting lots of hits here. Yeah. You. So, Mark, what you can do is go back and you can answer for each of those. And everybody, it'll go to every comment on the page. They'll see it, too. So you all can right, well. answer those questions, okay, because it's a really good venue for that. Um, as we get closer to the primary in May, I'll have you on to just, because I've had you on to talk about all kinds of other stuff. But we'll have you come on right. and just talk about what you want to do um, as governor of Oregon. Yeah. So just get, get a hold of me, have your folks get a hold of me, and we'll do something at a good time for you. Yeah, that's an easy one. Don't want to do governor right now, other than as governor, I'm going to tell people the truth in real time. Right. Well, yeah. and I, I think from knowing you and talking to you, I don't think you um, want to be a governor. You actually want to lead Oregon. And there is yeah, a difference. You, just pick, you, pick, you pick a different office to do it. There's a lot of people that want to be governor. 25 Republicans and a huge chunk of Democrats, too. They all want to be governor. But they how do. many of those people, what people need to figure out is how many really want to lead Oregon, not go do what they want to do? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to lead and we're trying to put our district in a good spot and we're trying to meet the needs of all our people. And and that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you get folks who say, well, I don't accept your truth. But there is a thing called the truth. The CDC really did make that announcement on the 14th of January. So who's telling the truth and who's lying? Right. See? And, uh, and, and the thing is, let's have the debate and the conversation. And at the end of the day, let's see what rises to the top that we can agree on that is true. What we can't agree on is that parents have rights. Parents love their kids. And some parents might support masking and some don't. We can agree on that. And if we can't agree on that, well, we need to go look in the mirror. Well, see? Yeah. Thank you for taking your time. And they're going to keep talking to you forever. So I'm going to let you go find them on Facebook and you can chat with them. Okay, man. Hey, thanks, Rick. Appreciate you having me on, everybody. And uh, yeah, and we'll try to respond to all the comments, uh, good, bad, and the ugly. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir.
All right, so there you go. Uh, it's Mark Thielman, a candidate for governor right now. He's a candidate, but he's right now he's running a school district. <laughs> We've got to get that done. And seriously, as you as uh, you as Oregonians, um, I, I think you know my warning to you would be, <clears throat> you know, the, it, don't vote for the same party you always vote for. Don't don't vote party. Um, that's what's gotten Oregon into this problem. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, or the growing non affiliated voters. And then there's also the independents and the Greens and the People's Parties and all that. Go go find out what these people believe, because if you don't, there's a lot of D's who are not very happy about Brown right now. And they're probably sorry. There's a lot of D's that I know are not very happy with our presidential choice because his, his ratings are in the toilet. And so is our economy. And housing prices are not helping the poor and the middle class. They're, they're killing us. So um, you, it does matter who you vote for. So think about that. But vote for the person and what they will do, whether they will lead us or do they just want to go in and run us. I think we've been run for two years and we understand how that feels and you can make a choice. Um, I'm Rick Dancer. That's again, we want to thank our sponsors, Chris Dental, Family Dentistry, Albert Taylor, Endless Possibilities, and Buck's Sanitary Service for our show tonight. We'll be here tomorrow with Elements um, Health Show that we do every month or every week uh, with Kim Stark and the crew from Elements Health Club to kind of help you. I think we're talking about calories uh, tomorrow, but that'll be tomorrow night. And uh, Kathy, I'll bring you some more pictures of our um, unloading and moving. We're going to keep you on this adventure. And if you don't want to watch, you don't have to, but if you do, you do. And go check out Rogan. Give him a little love and some support because um, it, what I've learned about my life and what I do is when people start coming at you, that's when you know you're doing the right thing. And people are coming after him right now. So go do the right thing. All right, share this on your page with other people. We'll talk to you later. Good night from Montana.